the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thinking about health care these days? Well, you're not alone. It seems that getting real information about the state of our medical system is tough to come by. That's why you've come to the right place with Dr. Bill, your radio MD. He's got the answers because he's a doctor. I said he's a doctor and he wants to hear from you right now. 877-969-8600. This is AM860, The Answer. And now, it's time for Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Good morning, everybody. This is Dr. Bill, your radio MD. And unlike many radio show hosts, I'm not a lawyer. I'm a doctor. All right, we like that. Gives us another slant, another view, another vantage point to look at things through. Well, I think I've got this right, Bill. We're at am860theanswer.com. Is that it, Bill? Oh, my gosh. I finally figured it out. am860theanswer.com. You can catch me on the Internet anywhere in the world, 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, every Sunday, and I'm here for you. And we also are on iHeart. I do believe we're on iHeart still. And, and Bill, what, there's some other uh, outlet that we're broadcasting through. What is that? Do you know? Okay, we'll find that out. Call Joe, and then we'll give that at halftime, okay? Get him out of bed. Joe, Joe is the station uh, assistant manager. He's a great guy, and we like to give him a hard time. Yes, sir. Well, I'm going to talk about vitamins later on in the show, but initially... Uh, I wanted to address a concern of one of our listeners who approached me in the hospital, one of the nurse practitioners, Sandy. And she was concerned about Michael Medved and his purported anti-Trump stance. And so I contacted Barb, our station manager, to let her know what I was hearing on the street. And she's always very responsive. And she kicked it upstairs and was in contact with the Salem corporate vice president, I assume for programming or for whoever oversees these contracts with the national radio host. And the VP informed Barb that Michael Medved's contract gave him unfettered artistic license. So as long as he doesn't break any contractual agreements monetarily or doesn't show up for the show or gets in trouble with the FCC, he can pretty much say and do what he wants within within the confines of our societal legal structures. So he does not answer to Salem Broadcasting other than the usual business relationships that are in place between a contractor and a subcontractor. And as long as he's making money and not in trouble with the FCC on his show, he's free to do as he pleases. And uh, that is something we all need to know. The VP for Salem Broadcasting, who owns uh, our station here and owns, what, about 100 stations around the country, maybe 200 now. No, it's a big a big company, and they informed Barb that Medved had the best numbers of any of the big national radio show hosts, including Hugh Hewitt, 
Dennis Prager, Mike Gallagher, the the big four that work for Salem, as far as I know. I don't think there's anybody else quite that big. Apparently, Medved sells more, returns more, and earns more than any of the other hosts connected. And so that puts us in a situation where we don't have much control over what he says. And although the feedback was received with great concern, both by me and by Barb, our station manager, I can only tell you that we don't have the power to override what he says. So we're going to have to really concentrate more on the message of Mr. Trump's going to get in the White House. I got to tell you, Barb's great. She said, I take it seriously, Bill. I take it seriously anytime you call me with a concern or with a listener concern. And I appreciate her much. She is a tiger in diplomatic skins. And uh, kudos out to her. As for Mr. Trump, I continue to support him, but I would give him this advice. And if he were wise, he would take it to heart. He would listen to this. And I know that he doesn't hear me directly, but I do know that there are people listening who do speak with him and are in contact. I know this. Donald, you got to thicken your skin, buddy. It doesn't matter what other people say to you on the stage or about, about you off stage either. You know, it's, it's, it's old news. It's, uh, it's time to toughen up. It's time to forget about that. If somebody calls you, a uh, uh, a chauvinist or, you know, an elitist or whatever, just ignore it. It doesn't matter. What matters now is your message and how well you deliver it both on stage in debates and also off of stage, on the road. I mean, it's great to attack your opponent and say she's a crook, but the people that know that know that, and those who don't believe it are not going to change at this point. So move on. we got bigger things to do here. Forget about the past. Forget about your stand on Iraq. People nowadays don't even remember Iraq. We're Americans. Four or five years, we've moved on. You need to, too. We don't care what your stand was on Iraq. Forget about defending your position in the primary. Forget about your taxes and your tax returns. Don't respond. Forget about the underlings that criticize you. Forget about all of that. It doesn't matter. Forget about revenge. Forget about defending yourself over silly, petty things. And do remember your message because that's what we're, we're interested in. That's what we need. That's what the country wants to hear <clears throat> and as well the world. And if you don't continue to thump that message with conviction, then you're not going to win this. Start a pack. Have some of your uh, compadres put a pack together to attack Hillary for her dishonest ways. But don't you get involved. You need to rise above that. The whole country knows the Clintons are corrupt. We want a president, not a queen. We want somebody who can fight for us, but we don't need a back alley brawler. Not at this point. You're the queen's brawler, and that's great. We know you are. We know what she is. When she attacks you, point out the deficit. My God, man, it's, it's almost $20 trillion. Point out that we're still $500 billion in the red each year. Our national fiscal budget is still bleeding. 
we're still in the negative, even after taxes are collected and, and all the various programs are uh, accounted for. So you got to get back to that message. Remind the world of the humongous deficit our federal government runs every year and how that affects not only our country, but all the countries of the world. Unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on your, your viewpoint and your stand, we're still the center of the world's e economy, the world's diplomacy, the world's uh, scientific and intellectual uh, pursuits. I mean, we're, we're, still, we're still the top dog. And we need to maintain an aura about us that shows that we are not only industrious, concerned, but that we're also magnanimous, that we can take a punch and not strike back. Remind the world of the U.S. trade deficit with China. For 2015, that was $367 billion. That's more than a quarter of a trillion dollars. You need to thump this guy. And you also need to ask the country with this Pacific Trade Pact, do we really need another upside-down trade agreement? You're in the position to do this. You're in the position to point out, not that Hillary's a crook, but that the Democrats have been totally ineffective in managing our finances, our economy, our foreign policies, our trade agreements. You know, the NAFTA was a good idea. And one of the purposes was to try and help the Mexicans lift themselves up into more of a middle-class nation rather than a small upper oligarchical class that's been in control of the country for centuries and then a large poor underclass. It's working a little bit, but not as well as it should have or would have or not as well as any of the economists who were thumping it projected. So point that out. Point that out. And if Hillary attacks you for lack of experience in foreign affairs, respond by reminding the world of the failed Middle Eastern policy of the Democrats, and she was riding shotgun over it for a number of years, of the Democrats' lack of support for Israel, of the agreement to give Iran a named terrorist state to give them the green light to build a nuclear weapon. What the heck did the Iranians need a nuclear weapon for? Now, the Democrats have started an arms race in the Middle East. The Sauds and the South Koreans are teaming up to build a breeder reactor, two breeder reactors, and both produce themselves a bomb. So then we've exported more nuclear weapons to the Far East as well as into the Middle East, and that's us. We did that. We gave these people the technology, and they built on it. We gave the Iranians the technology, and then after 20, 30 years of telling them, we're not going to help you anymore because you've been a bad boy, now we say, oh, you're not so bad. Go ahead. Continue on with your nuclear research. I mean, this is insane. This is insane. And this kind of insanity is what you, Mr. Trump, need to be thumping. You need to be on the bandstand. You need to be on the po podium, on the platform, on the stage, and you need to be pointing these things out over and over and over. This is the message. If she says you are unfit, then ask her, 
why she won't reveal all of her medical records. Ask her if she has the antiphospholipid antibody syndrome that I think she has, since all of her symptoms fit that. You ask her, do you have an autoimmune disease? Have you been checked for this antiphospholipid antibody syndrome? Write it down. I'll mail it to you. I'll email it. Ask her about any other autoimmune diseases. Where are the MRIs of her brain? You're not unfit, but you got to step up with some diplomacy, bud. People will not warm up to you, at least some percentage of the people, until you show the world and the nation that you have the diplomatic skills and the thick skin to take on this job. Because people are going to say really nasty things about you around the world if you do get in the White House. And you can't let it affect every uh, emotion and every moment of the day. You can't react to all of it. You know, it's like raising kids. They give you heck, and you just take a, a lot of it in because you know that they're young and they're not completely in control of their emotions, and they need a little time to mature. The brain needs to grow, and... And so you back up. You don't whack them every time they say something you think is impertinent. You know how to man manipulate the press. Let the press do your dirty work for you. You don't have to. You've got people underneath you. You've got money that can be put into PACs to attack the Clintons, independent of you as a candidate. You can manipulate the press into doing just about anything you want. Come out of the alley and, in, and onto Main Street, guy. We want you in the basic, big, humongous limousine driving down Main Street, waving to the crowd. You can have an assistant bring the cage tiger a few hundred yards behind you. But leave the tiger a few hundred yards back. If you need help, I'm here. If you'd like me to help write your speeches and look at your material to prepare for the next debate, shoot it my way. I'm happy to do it. This is a slow month for me in the office, so if you need me, you want me, I'm here. And that's my uh, soapbox for this morning. Now, if anybody thinks they have anything to add to that, give me a call at 877 Nine six nine eight six zero zero. That's eight seven seven nine six nine eighty six hundred. But keep it short and sweet. I need pithy, short, sweet comments. And with that, I'm going to switch over to a medical topic because the wife is hounding me to death. She's tired of me doing politics and social issues. She wants medical issues. And I got a great case to tell you about. And you can go ahead and call in and, and break in anytime you want if you want to add to my uh, advice for Mr. Trump. Again, we're at 877 969 8600. That's 877 969 8600. Well, <clears throat> the reason I want to talk about vitamin deficiencies is because we don't see them that often in, in, in this part of the world. Uh, the diet is good and the deficiencies that we do see are usually related to uh, belly surgeries, gastrectomies, small bowel resections. And, of course, for older people, 
the vitamin D is in dog deficiency, is not really a deficiency of the provitamin D1, which is on our skin and in food, but it's the inability as we get older to transform D1 to D2 and D2 to D3, which is the active, uh, the active vitamin, and that is integral to bone maintenance and structure and growth and also to metabolism of our cells in our body, which also require calcium to do work. But it's rare that we see a true B12 deficiency in a young person. B12 is cyanocobalamin. That's the popular form that we use in medicine. And a lot of people take mega doses of this, believing that it will stave off dementia and uh, brain shrinkage. I don't know if there's any good evidence for that, if you're adequately supplied with B12, if your blood levels are normal. But uh, we'll have to see. Now, the thing about the B12 deficiency in a younger person is that it's either a problem with diet, like vegetarians, vegans, who don't eat any meat or cheese or eggs or dairy products, which is uh, where you get a lot of the vitamin B12 from. Now, Mammals, all of us, cows, donkeys, dogs, you, me, we can't make vitamin B12 in our body. We have to get it from outside, and then we convert it to an active form. And the only way we can get it in, at least in the research that I've seen, is to have intrinsic factor in the gut. What's intrinsic factor? Well, intrinsic factor is a protein that acts as a binder, and that is like a key for the B12 attached to the protein intrinsic factor to get through the gut into the bloodstream of the body. So it's the key that gets it in. Now, there are people that say, well, if you take mega doses of B12, if you're deficient, that you'll absorb enough to, to be okay. I don't think there's any hard proof of that yet. I haven't seen it, and I certainly would like to because it would be a lot easier for the patients Nevertheless, in my practice, I'm a traditionalist, and I say if you're B12 deficient, then you need a B12 shot. So older people can become B12 deficient because just like the skin thins out on the body, the skin lining, the, the stomach, the gut, the esophagus, the throat, that also thins out. And that thin layer of skin inside of the stomach, which secretes acid to digest our food, also secretes intrinsic factor. So when we lose that or it's diminished, then we lose the ability to absorb B12 and we can become B12 deficient. This is not uncommon as we get older, but I had a guy in his mid, late, no, late twenties, early thirties, I would say. And he came into the hospital with some bizarre symptoms. He had numbness and tingling in his hands and feet. He had spasms. Um, he couldn't walk because he couldn't figure out where his feet were in space. And you say, well, why is that? Well, we have sensory nerves in our joints, in our big joints, that tell us and help us orient to where we are in space. So when we walk, we not only balance ourselves with vision and hearing and with our internal ear organ called the vestibular apparatus, but also with sensations that come from our joints that tell our brain right foot is down, heel's about to touch, there goes the pressure on the ankle and the knee time to pick up the left foot. And so this guy couldn't do it. He wasn't weak. He didn't have any loss of strength. He didn't have any sensory 
uh, capabilities to walk. He had lost that. And so I said to my intern, I said, you know, we got to work this guy up. And he was also a little bit, uh, the personality was off a little bit too, which is not uncommon with B12 uh, if it's gone on for a while to have mental status changes as well. And so we worked this kid up. I say kid because I'm twice his age. and so, uh, That's legitimate, isn't it, Bill? I can do that, can I? <clears throat> All right. Okay. Thank you. Well, Bill's that young, younger age group anyway. So if it's okay with him, it's okay with everybody else. So at any rate, we work him up and he's B12 deficient. He doesn't have any history of stomach uh, surgery. He doesn't have any history of bowel surgery. He doesn't have a history of any GI diseases that would uh, make the small bowel no longer absorb nutrients and vitamins the way it should. Nothing. And so we started to treat him, and he is getting better, but it's called pernicious anemia because if it goes on long enough, it's, it's uh, the morbidity, the damage to the body, and also the death rate is uh, tremendously high. That's why it was called pernicious anemia. The term has been around for 150, 200 years now, but it wasn't until the 1930s, the late 20s, early 1930s, that we actually had... Uh, a chemical identified that was the causative agent. But let me uh, let me break here for one second. We got Evelyn from Tampa. Did she call back? She dropped. Okay. Well, Evelyn, if you want if you want to chime in here, jump on in because I can jump back and forth between medicine and politics. I mean, that's this is typical lunchroom stuff for a doctor. But the <clears throat> syndrome. A pernicious anemia involves uh, damage to the nerve cells, including nerve cells in the brain, also to the sensory nerve cells in the spinal column. The backside of the spinal column has a bundle of nerves that go up and down that carry the sensory inputs from the body up to the brain. And these sensory inputs include things like touch, uh, pressure sensation, hot, cold sensation, position in space, uh, tingling, pain, all the sensations that we can feel in our body are carried up in this posterior part of the brain, of the spinal column, up to the brain, rather. And this is damaged if the B12 deficiency goes on long enough. And so this disease damages not only the brain, but also the peripheral nerve, uh, nervous system, and as well interferes with uh, the production of red blood cells, and therefore we become anemic because we have to have B12 as well as iron and folic acid and some other vitamins and minerals and proteins to actually make blood in our bone marrow. Marrow? Marrow? I can't remember which way we're pronouncing it now. So it's important to have B12, and to see this guy was, was really, uh, I mean, it was sad for him, and hopefully he'll recover with the treatment, which in my shop his injections on a routine basis of B12. Cheap, easy, you can learn to do it yourself at home. Basically it's a, a minuscule amount of the vitamin in water and so basically you're just injecting water. It doesn't really hurt other than the needle stick. And this disease was called pernicious anemia because prior to the discovery of B12 as the, uh, the factor that can treat this disease, it was uniformly fatal if, 
if you lived long enough, if you didn't get run over by a horse and carriage before that, pernicious meaning uh, fatal or seriously damaging. And it has been known as a disease since the 1850s, but it wasn't until the 1920s that researchers actually uh, began to identify a substance. And the way they did it is they, they made rats B12 deficient, dogs B12 deficient, and then they fed them different things to see what kind of food would actually reverse some of these symptoms. Going on the same theory that, that the doctors and surgeons went on with the discovery of scurvy and the treatment with vitamin C before vitamin C was identified, the English figured out, well, if we just send limes or lemons on the ships with our sailors, because the sailors were just eating uh, beef jerky and hardtack and, and biscuits that had been dried out, uh, they didn't have an opportunity if they were on a long sea voyage to eat much fruit or vegetables, so they didn't get vitamin C. They got scurvy, bad disease. And so the English physicians figured out, well, we don't know what the substance is, but we know it's in citrus fruits, and that's where we get a lot of our vitamin C, and that cured scurvy for the English sailors. That's why they're called limeys, because they carried limes with them on the ship, so then they were called limeys. Now, the way other cultures have approached diseases like scurvy, which is, again, is vitamin C deficiency, are interesting. The Koreans, and I know this because I'm married to a Korean and have researched their history and their customs and their ways, their gimchi, which is a pickled fermented uh, cabbage, is the, or was the, answer to wintertime vitamin C deficiencies. North Korea, South Korea are both in fairly northern climes. And before global warming or whatever is happening, the winters were tough and there wasn't much growing. So they developed this method of preserving cabbage without cooking it. They didn't break down any of the nutrients in the cabbage or the vitamin C. And so throughout the winter, they had vitamin C. They ate the kimchi, and it became such a popular uh, food in Korea that now kimchi is served with every meal. By the way, I love it. it. took me a year to get over the odor, but once I got over that, I could eat it. Oh, my gosh, I just love kimchi. And you can get it mild or spicy or all different ways. And, you know, the grandmas still make it in jars at home. And instead of burying it out in the yard now, they, they have refrigerators that are specifically for the big jars, the big kimchi jars, and they put it in there to, to ferment and to mature. But uh, it's fascinating to see a culture that has adopted such a radically different way of approaching a vitamin deficiency. And most Koreans don't even know that. They, they're unaware of how the whole kimchi thing evolved. Well, the B12 is an interesting story because in the 1850s, as I said, it was identified and there were these people who were anemic and with the growth in the use of microscopes, the doctors started to see that the red blood cells were actually larger, like an immature red blood cell, than the normal blood cells. And they were paler. They didn't have enough iron or hemoglobin or whatever you need to make the pigment inside of the red blood cell. And they also saw these neurologic problems where people would lose their sense of touch, where they'd have numbness and tingling, and they'd lose their ability to walk because of, of the difficulty with orientation in space, and they didn't know where their feet were because they didn't have proprioceptors. 
They didn't have feelings on the bottom of their feet. And it was a terrible, terrible disease. Now, it was discovered, incidentally, that transfusions could help some of these people once blood transfusions came in. And it wasn't necessarily that they were getting back, although it did help to have healthy red cells, that they were getting back red blood cells who were normal. It was also that there was B12 in the blood, in the serum of the people that were donating blood. And so they got that through blood. Oh, Evelyn's back on the line. Evelyn, let's let's hear what you have to say, my friend. Welcome to the uh, show. Hi, Dr. Bill. I enjoy your program very much. Very informative. I am a conservative. My concern is that there are, from what I understand, a lot more liberals than conservatives. And some of these, or many of these liberals are on welfare. They're not going to want to lose that money, so they're going to vote for Hillary. What do you think? Well, I think that there's... Uh... A lot of good research done by the Pew uh, Institute, Pew, P-E-W. They do polling as well as research. And they've done a lot of research into uh, who votes and who doesn't vote. And when they call people to do a, a survey, they actually have a set of questions they use to determine whether or not this is really a likely voter. And a lot of the people who are on welfare are not likely voters. They're not going to make it to the polling place. And that's one of the areas where uh, the Democrats are criticizing Hillary, that she's fallen down, uh, unlike Barack Obama, who turned out a lot of, lot of people who would have not otherwise voted by his grassroots campaign, that Hillary doesn't have that. And a lot of people are noting that there's very few people at her, uh, her uh, rallies and her, her meetings with the public. <clears throat> so I think that her, her campaign speeches... So I think that although it's true that the majority of Americans are not paying uh, withholding tax, withholding tax is the uh, tax we pay and if we file and, and we've paid too much, we get a little bit back on our returns. Uh, people think that Social Security and Medicare are taxes. Yes, they are, but, but they're not taxes in the sense that it's going to a government pool of money that is going to be utilized for various things, including defense, welfare, uh, education, so on and so forth. Social Security and Medicare were both set up as trust funds, and Medicare is a, an insurance plan. That's what it is. That's what it was meant to be. And Social Security is a trust fund for supplemental retirement money. So it is true. The majority of Americans are not paying withholding taxes. They don't make enough money, and I don't fault anybody for that. And it is true that there are people on welfare that do not deserve or need to be on welfare, and we need to get them off. We need to boot them off, and we need to stop all of the giveaway programs and really look at people hard before we help them or boot them back to charities like we did in the old days. Again, that's going to be a problem, as I've said before, because the black community and uh, now the Hispanic and other quote-unquote minority communities are going to say, well, if we rely on charity, then the overwhelming majority of Americans are white, and they're going to not want to give us charity because we're not in their tribe and we're not at their class level or whatever. And uh, that did happen in the past, so I think we have to address that as well. If we're going to have charities and going to stress and emphasize charities, and we need to make sure the charities are doing what they say they're doing, and not all charities are the same. As I've said before, Salvation Army does a wonderful job, but a lot of these veterans' charities are just scams. 
and you can look at the Clinton situation too, the same thing. But yes, I agree with you that there are an overwhelming number of people who are going to want to lean to the Democrats because of their socioeconomic status or being on welfare, but that doesn't mean they're all going to turn out to vote. So it also doesn't mean that there's not that small percentage of people in the middle class, lower middle class, who have true feelings for the country and the health and welfare of the country. And they will stop and think before they vote for somebody who they believe has damaged our foreign policy as well as our economy. And I think that the Democrats uh, have proven themselves to be wrong on both accounts. So I agree with you, Evelyn, but also think that we still have a good shot here. Uh, we just have to get Mr. Trump's head turned around a little bit and get him out of the alley, get him out of the dogfight. Right. Let's get him out on Main Street. Right. Oh, I just hope and pray that we can get him in and get that bunch that's in Washington out. I mean, they have ruined this country. Well, we're resilient. We'll bounce back. But uh, the, the, the short term, it looks bad. The long term, I think we'll, we're going to be okay. And I tell this to all the friends and, and listeners who call and talk to me about that. Uh, and, and I say, look, we've survived. We survived Thomas Jefferson who destroyed the, the, the federal banking system because he was a state's rightist, and same with Andrew Jackson. And two of our most popular presidents who actually put us into dire economic straits because of their policies. Uh, we survived the Civil War. We've survived slavery. We survived uh, World War I and World War II. We survived all kinds of things. We're a survivor nation, and we're going to be okay. But we have to believe that, and we also have to stress that what we want to do as conservatives is not take away everything from everybody, but to realign things and to make sure that what we're doing and giving is equitable, necessary, and fair, and that nobody who deserves to be helped is left out. And I think that's what the left is so concerned about. Uh, and I also think that uh, the Jewish side of the family, they're concerned that the the right wing, uh, the religious right, has held on to a view of Christianity that reminds them of uh, the horrors that, that the Jewish side of the family suffered during the Middle Ages or, uh, with the Inquisition and the uh, different ways they've been treated by different Christian countries around the world. Although it's a small voting block, it's powerful. So we need to reassure the Jewish folk as well as the Catholic side of the family, that we are good people, we are equitable, and we will take a hard look, and we're not going to just kick everybody off welfare because there are some people who need help and deserve it. And I see that in my office all the time. There are a lot of people out there who have tried very hard during their lives, and they just don't have much. They didn't make much. They didn't save anything. And uh, we can't let them starve. I mean, we have to help them out. I, I forgive so many deductibles in the office because of the patient population that we have in our area, which is just not that affluent. And so many people that we help out that uh, I should start my own charity. Dr. Bill, your medical charity. What do you think, Bill? How's that sound? Good? That sounds great. 
a little bit. Well, Evelyn, thanks for calling. I'm going to grab a cup of Joe. I'll be right back. This is Dr. Bill. Don't go away. We're talking about vitamins and politics. What a mix. I love it. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. A hurricane warning has been issued for Jamaica, Haiti, and parts of Cuba as Matthew swirls across the Caribbean with winds of 150 miles per hour. Hurricane conditions are expected to reach Jamaica and Haiti tomorrow. The Governor's Office of Emergency Services is warning Southern California residents to be on heightened alert until Tuesday for the increased possibility of a major earthquake the warning follows a series of small trembles beneath the Salton Sea, which is located on the 800-mile-long San Andreas Fault. Federal investigators still working to recover an event data recorder from the wrecked commuter train that barreled into a historic station in Hoboken, New Jersey on Thursday. One woman was killed. And a U.N. wildlife conference has approved a ban on international trade in wild populations of the African gray parrot. This is SRN News. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Full-service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of can care, 727-384-6411, 727 727-384- Dr. Bill for West Coast Radiology. Our good friends at West Coast Radiology offer convenient and comprehensive x-ray diagnostics, including open MRI, CT scan, CT PET, mammography, and ultrasound. With state-of-the-art equipment and four convenient locations, you're assured of friendly, comprehensive care. Most insurance is accepted and competitive self-pay rates, plus Saturday appointments. Call West Coast Radiology at 727-771-2795. That's 727-771-2795. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George's 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $28 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-509-1667. That's 1-800-509-1667. 1-800-509-1667 or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price can vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors now available in all 
In the Declaration of Independence, the founders say it's self-evident that God created man and gave him rights that other men can't take away. Dave Perkins. I've pointed this out numerous times to smart people that I like and trust who don't happen to believe the God story. I have yet to get from any of those people a rational alternative explanation, if self-evident truth isn't true, for why they have rights. This is Dave Perkins. Meet you here bright and early Sunday morning at 5 on AM860, The Answer. Today, period of clouds and sun with an afternoon thunderstorm, high 90, a thunderstorm in spots this evening, otherwise mainly cloudy, low 76. Monday, sun and clouds with an afternoon shower, high 88, a couple of thunderstorms in the afternoon Tuesday, high 89. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Chuck Ellis for AM 860, The Answer. I'll never be the same without you here. That's for you, Donald. We're not going to be the same if you don't stick around and do the job, dude. you got to get your butt in gear. We need you to campaign like a big boy now, and we need to win this election. And then we can work on the problems that present themselves to us in this time. And era, 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 E-R-A, la, la, la. All right, so we're talking about vitamin deficiencies. You know, I was thinking, you know, the, the economy is, is like uh, a little bit B12 deficient. Yes, we're making red blood cells. We're making products, but they're not the best, uh, or at least we think they're not the best. They're a little anemic, and some of the branches and limbs of our country are struggling, not feeling right, numb, tingling, somewhat disconnected. So maybe we need to inject a little B12 into the economy, and Donald may very well be that B12 Injection that we need, B12 deficiency. What a disease. Terrible, terrible disease. So at any rate, I was talking about this young guy that we had who had this disease. Most people who are B12 deficient are older people whose stomach lining, the skin in their stomach, is thinned out. And as that thins out, we don't make as much stomach acid. We also don't secrete the enzyme called intrinsic factor. It's a protein that – it's not an enzyme. I'm sorry. It's a protein that binds the B12 molecule and, and gets it inside of the body through the gut. And again, there are some people that think that taking megadoses of B12 uh, by mouth can cure or treat these, this disease of, of a lack of B12, pernicious anemia. And also people who think that taking megadoses will stave off dementia and brain shrinkage and all that. I don't think there's any good data yet out. I'm not saying it doesn't work but I'm not saying it does work either. So this is a disease that actually has brought us more knowledge, and i got to tell you a, a good story about this, more knowledge not only scientifically, but also in terms of the art of medicine, not just the science of medicine. I was doing a, re, a rotation in surgery at the uh, Trover Clinic in Madisonville, Kentucky, back when I was a medical student, and the surgeon that I was studying under, nice guy, older guy, uh, we were talking about having hopeless diseases and when to give up and when not to give up. And he said, Bill, i got a story for you. Back in the early 30s, when they first were working on the, the actual B12 uh, molecule to extract that from the liver 
of animals and, and use that as a treatment. I had a patient who had pernicious anemia. I was a young doctor, and he was getting the transfusions, and of course he had all the uh, concomitant problems of, of the B12 deficiency. Uh, he had the mental status changes. He had the neuropathy in his peripheral, uh, you know, in his periphery arms, legs, pain, numbness, tingling, uh, difficulty walking. Uh, it affects the stomach. It affects the brain. It affects everything. It's just one of those vitamins that is so key to so many different uh, bodily functions and maintains so many different biological and biochemical pathways. And the guy was, of course, despondent, and that was before the era of antidepressants. And he said, you know what, I'm going to quit taking the transfusions, the blood transfusions. I don't want to do this anymore. And he died. Two weeks later, B12 came out as the answer. So don't give up and don't give in. Hang in there. No matter how bad it looks, there's always hope. And not only medically, but also politically and socially. So we, we just have to keep plugging along. And you never know when something's going to come up, when, when some new discovery or a, a new person or a new genre or a new political outlook can dramatically change everything in a short period of time. So we've got to hang in there. Now, how do we check for B12 deficiency? Well, if we suspect it, we draw a B12 blood level. We can also, in younger people, check for things like uh, uh, antibodies to the intrinsic factor. The intrinsic factor, again, is that, that protein that binds to the B12 and allows it to get through the, the gut, through the intestines, into the body. But there are some autoimmune diseases. Autoimmune, that is where we attack our own tissues with our antibodies, where people, uh, their immune system gets a little out of whack and they make antibodies to the intrinsic factor. So then the intrinsic factor is no longer in play and the B12 can't get in. So we have to check for intrinsic factor antibodies and you can check for intrinsic factor levels, different things you can do to check for this. And we also have to evaluate people for stomach diseases. So you got to put the scope down and see if there's something else going on. There are diseases that uh, can cause the small bowel not to absorb, even if there is enough intrinsic factor, the B12 intrinsic factor complex. So we, we need to look at that. So we've got to put the scope down. There's also a higher incidence of stomach cancers with B12 deficiency. And so we have to look for that in people who are B12 deficient. And certainly in people who are younger and more likely to have the autoimmune disease of B12 deficiency. So this is, this is really a fascinating medical story. It's uh, something that people don't hear much about. They hear that they need megavitamins and all that, and uh, they think that they can go to the health food store and cure everything, which they can't. And I, I can't tell you how many patients come in and say, I don't know why I'm sick, doc. Well, dude, or dudette, depending on which gender you are, you're a human being. We get sick. Yes, there are those occasional people who seem to not get sick at all. Uh, my friend Al is like that. And I'm sure there are some genetic aberrations where the immune system is stronger in some people than in others. We know that there are aberrations where the immune system doesn't work in some people and they have life-threatening diseases because of that. So obviously there's going to be a splay there, but none of us can avoid sickness and none of us can avoid death, at least not at this point in, in, in science and technology. That day may come. I don't know. 
or it might be such a long period of time that we can live that it will seem like we're immortal, but of course, nothing's immortal. Everything will eventually be ground back into stardust and will come back into a one singularity and one itty-bitty minuscule point of all the matter and energy in the universe and then blow up again. It's kind of kind of a yo-yo effect, you know, expand, contract, expand, contract. So we need to look at the gut as well as do these biochemical tests. We need to see if there's a disorders of the lining of the gut, if you've had part of your bowel resected, if you've had ileitis or Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis, these autoimmune diseases, sprue, which is a sensitivity to wheat. Sprue is uh, a disease that is getting more attention nowadays because of the uh, gluten in wheat and also in rye and, and some of the other uh, grains. And so we stop people from eating this, this gluten. We give them a diet that does not have any grains in it, grass grains, and they get better. So there are different things we can look for. We can take a little pinch biopsy. We can make sure you don't have a lymphoma, which is a type of white blood cell cancer where abnormal growth of white blood cells will invade different parts of the body, including the gut, including the small bowel. And that can interfere with absorption. So we need to look at that. There are some rare diseases like amyloidosis. There are some drugs which can interfere with, with, the, uh, with the production of, of intrinsic factor and the uptake of the uh, B12 in the small bowel. So there's a number of things that we have to check for, especially in, an un in a younger person. Now, in my older population, I generally just treat. I don't even bother testing. I just say, look, you need a B12 shot every three or four weeks. And a lot of people come in and say, can I have a B12 shot? Uh, you know, I tell them, if you're not B12 deficient, it's not going to do anything. But if, if you think it helps and it's so cheap and you want to pay for it, well, you know, I'm glad to give my nurses in the back office something to do and make payroll. That's not a problem. Can I take huge doses and will it help me? Again, I don't think that the research has been done that's not adequate yet to tell you that if you're B12 deficient, taking mega doses of B12 by mouth or under your tongue in these uh, sublingual pills that melt, by the way, it doesn't really get absorbed in the mouth, you end up swallowing it. So it'll get absorbed in the gut just like everybody else uh, gets it when they take a B12 vitamin pill. But if you want to try that and you think it's helpful, do it. And, you know, you can, if you're deficient, if you've been tested, and you tell your doctor, can I try mega doses? And he says, well, yeah, or she says, yeah, let's do it. Then wait a month or two and get another B12 level. If it's come up, maybe there's something to the oral route. If you're one of my senior patients, and by senior I mean, you know, 80s and 90s, if you're in your 60s, that's pediatrics in my practice. But if you're in your senior years, I would prefer that you come in for a shot. That way I know you're getting it because a lot of us forget. We get older. We forget short-term uh, phenomena and matters that we have to attend to. And we don't take all the pills we're supposed to take, and we don't do it in an organized fashion, or we're living alone, and we don't have anybody to help us get our pills together. And, of course, the visiting nurses are expensive, and the government doesn't want to spend money on that anymore either.
so I prefer that you come in for a shot. I think that it's uh, going to be better, and that way we can also follow you and see how you're doing and make sure that you're getting the benefits of the B12 and make sure that you don't have some other problem that's damaging the brain like Alzheimer's disease or small vessel disease. We also know that there's an increased incidence of cancers of the tonsils and of the throat and of the esophagus, the food tube, with B12 deficiency, liver cancers, and there's also some blood cancers that can pop up and some blood syndromes without the B12. By the way, B12 needs folate as well. Folate is another one of the B vitamins, and they kind of work together in a lot of processes. So we, we want to know if you're drinking, if your diet is poor, because folic acid is uh, very dietary dependent. And we see deficiencies of this in people who are starving, in people who are uh, alcoholics and not getting uh, their, their calories from the appropriate food sources, getting it mostly from alcohol, which is not a good source. So we know there are a number of other things that are attached to this syndrome, other diseases that can pop up, and, of course, we want to know and we want to treat that. Well, there's a lot of other vitamin deficiencies. I talked about scurvy, and this is a, a really great uh, disease. It's, it's a great teaching point for medical students, and the problem is a lack of vitamin C. Now, scurvy affects uh, the skin, it affects the mouth, uh, you lose your teeth, uh, the, the eyes are affected by, the lining of the eyes are affected, uh, you bruise easily, the gums bleed, uh, you have a rash, uh, other, other parts of the body stop functioning, and uh, so we need vitamin C. Do megadoses of vitamin C help? Uh, I know Linus Pauling uh, did all that research, and he swore that it was the panacea, or panacea, as some people call it, for a lot of diseases. No proof of that, no real hard medical or scientific proof. Uh, adequate doses, it's fairly easily absorbed, and you can get it from fresh fruits and vegetables as well, and there's nothing wrong with that. Rose hips used to be something the hippies used and thought that that was more natural, and, of course, that's gone by the wayside for most people. These fads come and go. But it's a great disease, and it has that great story of the limes being put on the English uh, merchant and uh, military ships in the 18th century, and therefore the limeys, or what the English Navy became known as, and also the story of gimchi with the Koreans. The gimchi uh, is a cabbage that is not cooked. It's just pickled and fermented, and uh, you eat it all year long, and it's got tons of vitamin C as well as other things. We see a lot of uh, problems, or, or we used to see a lot of problems with vitamin A deficiency. This would affect the lining and in and around the eyes, and you wouldn't secrete the appropriate amounts of fluid, and you'd get uh, blindness. Uh, you'd have problems of different organ systems because of the vitamin A, including the skin, the largest organ. And you'd lose your night vision because we need vitamin A for our, uh, our rods and cones in our eyes to work. So we couldn't see things at night that normally we would. We couldn't adjust to the dark, and night blindness was a big problem. It caused a lot of accidents even before there were automobiles because there were plenty of accidents when there were horses and carriages. So vitamin A deficiency is uh, a big deal, but too much vitamin A is 
that's one of the vitamins that can cause a lot of problems, so you don't want to take too much. You can get a rash with vitamin A. You can get pustular eruptions on your skin as well as eye damage and uh, skin problems. It's a, it's a big disease, a big deal as a disease, so we don't see much of that anymore. We're getting close to the end of the show. We'll have to pick up on vitamins next week. I'll see if I can mix in some politics again. That was kind of fun, Bill. I enjoyed that, going back and forth between vitamin B12 and and Donald Trump. Oh, my God. Hey, maybe we could give him a B12 shot and get his button in gear. What do you think? Would that work? I don't know. I don't know. But, Don, you better listen to me or you're going to lose this. I'm Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. Love having you guys here. See you next week. Ta-ta. It's a wonderful day in the neighborhood, a wonderful day in the neighborhood, but it's all... Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.